So I'll give you my basic understanding of what I think NFT is, and then you correct me where I'm wrong. Not a problem. Everyone can create a, um, a new stream of income from their hobbies. Welcome to Conversations That Matter, where we ask questions, explore topics, and shine a light on what's truly important. We're here today with Dr. Marav Ozir. So why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and your background and, and your expertise in, in NFTs, blockchain, and crypto? Okay, so my background is a little bit unconditional and uh, in a sense, you know, I tried, I started my, in my teenage, you know, I went to a school, uh, which you would call like a STEM school, which is, you know, based in almost technology, uh, computer science, engineering, automation, um, physics and, so, and all of that. So I started, you know, so my base started, you know, in tech. So I um, was always very intrigued with tech, but sometimes I'm a very creative mind. So I was, was into creating things where, whether it's, uh, I, I, you know, doubled in, in uh, creating in, uh, jewelry and clothes and all kinds of things like that. So I do that as well. And when I went to college, I uh, got introduced to economics and got very intrigued about economics and social science because economics, you know, people, a lot of people forget that economics is basically based in social science uh, because, you know, econo our economy is driven by a lot of, <laughs> what society is and, and what it's not. So uh, I was very intrigued about all the questions and all the problems that we have in society and the economy and how that works. And uh, this is why, you know, I, I kind of, that was one of, this is why I went and, and studied that. But then I was always trying to figure out how am I going to put, you know, connect, you know, my technology passion and, and expertise and skill sets and the economic side of it. So the first, I, you know, thought was, you know, going for a PhD, which is basically quantitative. So I was in quantitative finance, finance, which is basically the science for finance, you know, trying to bring my skill set uh, my quantitative skill set into trying to figure out problems in the in the economy and financial and uh, financial markets, etc. And as I was doing my research and work and building strategies for hedge funds, etc. in on FX, uh, which is foreign currency, I stumbled on crypto. That was about seven years ago, or maybe more. And um, because you know, back in the days, uh, it wasn't so organized and I mean, today it's a little bit those, it's more organized, you know, the crypto brokers and yeah, the, the FX, uh, the, the foreign exchange brokers. But then, you know, it was all a little bit less uh, um, structured and organized. And, and the reason it makes sense, you know, why the uh, FX brokers will also uh, offer crypto because it's 24-7, trading uh, pairs, global. So, but... When I started you know, looking into that more and more and being uh, an inquisitive mind, I realized that it's not really like a regular, uh, you know, currency. It doesn't behave like a regular currency. And I always like to say it looks like a cow, but doesn't behave like a cow. So what's behind it? 
because you know our regular currency is tied to an economy, right? You know the fiat currency, what we call it. You know whether it's Canadian dollar or U.S. dollar or any or the euro, it is tied to that economy and tied to all uh, fiscal policies and monetary policies and every economic event that is happening. Like you know, if there, the Fed is talking, then something is happening. Um, but. It seems that the whatever cryptocurrency didn't behave that way, just if you know had a mind of its own, and I want to understand that. And then I realized that, well, there's a technology behind it. And that was like, you know, I lit up completely, like, oh God, this is exactly what I was waiting for. Technology and economics, you know, tied together. And that's exactly what why it was a I started, you know, really I got really sucked in into this space because it, it it's evolving so quickly it's changing very rapidly every day you hear about uh, new new uh, um, new pilot and new concept and a new project and and um, and and people trying to come up with better solutions and different solutions and applications so it's evolving very 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 fast and I'm very intrigued and in myself you know got uh, into that space from you know understanding the technology and some of the the, um, uh, the protocols uh, the consensus mechanism working uh, being related and working with different associations uh, that are trying to uh, uh, push forward this ecosystem so seven years um, seems like a long time. But it in the crypto like, space, it's 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 what's that about ten years old? The crypto space. Uh, yeah, twelve. Let's yeah. say Bitcoin was launching online. I guess twelve years. Uh, yeah. So you're relatively early at that time. Bitcoin was probably trading in the low thousands. Yeah, 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 yeah. So you have like a whole vault of it. I take it. <laughs> I I have some. I mean, uh, I. Uh, disclosure <laughs> so i mean for for the we're kind of having this discussion on that we don't know what it's about and you're explaining it to us and and i'm trying to learn it um i'm trying to learn with a couple other colleagues here at work as well so i've opened my OpenSea account because we really want to talk about nfts mostly so we've opened up our OpenSea account and a um and then a coinbase account so that we can buy into um, OpenSea, but then we needed in Canada we needed a ShakePay account, I think. So I've opened up three different accounts to see if <laughs> to get going. I finally got, and it took a while to get money into the account, so that was a little bit challenging. So um, I understand there's also a credit card in ShakePay now, so you can actually get a credit card, and then some of your purchases will go towards purchase of Bitcoin. So there is a lot of confusion, I guess. The early adopters obviously are have a, a distinct advantage because they understand the technology as well as you do, but there's a lot of people that are looking to get in, and we're starting to see that in the financial world too because we're starting to see some of the big investment houses now putting some of their clients in and all that too. So what is what does the space look like right now, and how are, how is that space initiating a bunch of people that don't understand it? Because it seems to be hard to get into if you're trying even. What you were just describing, this is exactly why people are them. It's not mainstream. It's not like you know everyone on the street is doing it mm -hmm. because of the hurdles that you just mentioned. Oh, I have to open this account and that account and all kinds of different accounts and oh, I have to use Ether. What is Ether? I mean, mm -hmm. it's just... <laughs> and remember my passwords and then don't lose them because <laughs> if you lose them, you lose everything. 
Exactly. I mean, what what the heck is all of this? For, for, for pardon my language. Uh, I get that all the time, and, and I guess that this is why it's not yet mainstream. And everyone is always asking me why, when will, will it ever become mainstream and what needs to happen? And what I'm saying is that I do know that there's a lot of project out there and, and, and brilliant developers that are working on solutions to make that happen, that will come to a point. And I believe that it will, will happen because remember, like everything, even the internet that we had, I don't know, 10 years ago, is not the internet that we have today. So it's an evolution and mm -hmm. it will take some time and there will come a time and I, and I, I vividly can see that, that there will be a time that you can use your OpenSea or whatever other maybe marketplace, maybe it will be called something else, that uh, it will be seamless like the way that you use your apps on your phone, right? You know, your apps are going to just tap and then, you know, something opens and you do some other clicks and that's it and you're done, right? Yep. You purchase something, you transfer something, and this is exactly the way that we're going is going to happen. But we're not there yet. Because I did and, try to open up an OpenSea account a long time ago, I guess, and as well as a ShakePay account, because when I went to register again, it says you're already registered. And I, I think I got frustrated somewhere along the process and just gave up. And I think that's probably a big barrier for a lot of people. Um, I agree with you 100%. And this is why I like to I educate and talk to people as much as mm -hmm. possible to to them the benefits of this technology and what it can do beyond the hype because now the nfts now and you mentioned in the words now now it's about the hype right you know the people mm -hmm. uh, and the art and and the celebrities who are putting all kinds of nfts and selling it for millions or or the 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 uh the sports uh celebrities you know all the nfl and and other mm -hmm. Uh, that, that can sell for, for high prices. But the way that I believe it's going to go, and that's the main power of blockchain technology and NFTs, is that it's going to democratize society in a very big way. And I do believe that when it comes to that place where it's not like all this hoopla and hurdles that you just mentioned from this account to that account, it will be like you can use your fiat and behind the scene it will be converted to ether or whatever else and you don't even have to know because you don't even know how the internet works and you still use it that's right yeah. <laughs> and that, and that's what's important that i don't want anyone to ask what is blockchain i just want them to use the application and don't even need to know that there is a blockchain behind it that's the idea and because the the main um uh, uh, power of nft is, is authentication is the transfer of ownership and everything in, in our economy is transaction-based, right? And just if you think about it, you know, even this video or the, this podcast can be NFTs and can be monetized. And everyone, I mean, it will, that's what I hope and, and, and that's what I believe, that everyone can create a, um, a, a new stream of income from their hobbies, right? You know, instead of, you know, just posting something on Facebook or Instagram or YouTube, instead of just facing, placing a face and, and then it's open for everyone public and, you, and no one, and you can't monetize it. It's just, you know, people, you know, can even make money off you instead of you monetizing it for yourself. 
you can hold a second, NFT that video of yours or your photo or whatever else, and monetize it. So I'll give you my basic understanding of what I think NFT is, and then you correct me where I'm wrong. Not a problem. I think like if, if you have something that you think is valuable, whether that be art physical and or digital, or you digitize the physical, that you then list it for sale on an account like OpenSea, and then you mint it on that account, like you spend some money to mint it so that you authenticate it, I guess, you create a blockchain? Okay, so let's put things in, in order. Okay. So let's say first you have something, I mean, NFTs is, is what non-fungible token or non, anything that's non-fungible meaning that it's unique, right? Right. So everything that you believe that it's unique, whether it's a video or a photo or audio. A, a cyberpunk if, if, worth $6 million. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Whatever you believe, it's, it's, it's something that is one of a kind. Then you, the NFT process is basically authenticating that, meaning that you create a token and that token, that's the minting part. Okay. The minting part is creating that token. And it is not done on OpenSea, it is done on whatever blockchain it is minted or tokenized on. Okay. It could be Ethereum. OpenSea uses only Ethereum because okay. this is what they build their platform on, this layer two on. Uh, but it can also be built on Algorand or Avalanche or Solana, which are other types of what they call a playground of platforms. So OpenSea is just a marketplace. Ethereum is the blockchain behind it. Exactly. So it's not that your your token, basically your NFT is a token. Okay. It has, a, you know, what they call um, an account number, a serial number, right? Which is, mm -hmm. you know... It's a hash, right? Right. And that's what the authentication part of it. It's unique, very, very, very unique just for that particular asset, right? right. Whether it's a digital or even a physical one. So that's the authentication part. That it's in, it has a timestamp and it, uh, it could also have a smart, a smart contract. It could have all kinds of details. You can add all kinds of details to with relation to royalties, with relations to other information that you would like to add to that in terms of uh, the owner, in terms of uh, the creator, in terms of uh, the transfer, in terms of uh, the authentication of uh, information about the the, uh, the asset itself. So there's a lot of things that you can add into that uh, smart contract. So you're basically creating a contract at that point? that yes. has some covenants in that can't be removed by future people either unless you allow it or you cannot allow that that's the beauty of i mean everything that is launched or created on the blockchain that's the beauty i like it i call it the, i mean it's 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 you know it depends how you look at it but i call it the beauty because you know it's, it's immutable meaning it's not it's irreversible uh, it cannot be altered, it cannot be deleted, it cannot be changed. Whatever you create, it's yours. You can create uh, what I'm experimenting with. Let's say you can create like, you know, you have like this first uh, uh, version, let's say this video is the first version, and then you want to create a new version after you make some changes. Now you can change the other one because this is not untouchable. You can't mm, reverse okay. it. No one can touch it. It's not even you. 
Right. So once that contract is set, it's set. Exactly. But you can create a new version, which I have done that. And then that version in the smart contract, you can say that it, the first version is related to that other token. Mm. And you can create this kind of link to where the first version happened and then the second and the third, and you can do that. Okay. And But it's not like you can... It's not like, you know, it's a file that you can erase and edit and no mm. one knows. So you can make an addendum to the contract, basically. Exactly. So it's like, you know, so and that's a good thing because everything is transparent, everything is trackable, everything mm-hmm. is traceable. And it's good from both the owner and the user because they know about all the changes that happened, but it's not going to be altered, you know, just out of the blue. And you as the owner also have control over what you do. So as just for an example, if I was Picasso and I created a, a painting back in, well, I can't remember when, 1400s, I'm not sure when. And um, I sold the, the physical painting plus I created a digital asset and, a, and a blockchain, I put it on the blockchain and said, every time this painting sold from here on in, 10% of the royalties would go to my estate. Is that something okay. that can stay in, the, in every sale that ever happened with that painting? Yes, indefinitely, in perpetuity. So that yes. really is beneficial to artists, I would take it then, because instead of like for the artist getting $1,000 for that painting, which he thought would have been a lot, and then now that painting is generating millions of dollars, and he's not getting anything. Exactly. And what if, let's say, uh, uh, let's say you have a four-year-old <laughs> and you say, I'm taking this drawing of my four-year-old because I think this four-year-old is going to be the next Picasso, right? Mm-hmm. And you're putting, putting it on, you know, on the marketplace and maybe now it is sold for $1. But who knows? This four-year-old in... I don't know, 20 years from now will be like the next big thing, the next people. Mm-hmm. And that $1 will become, I don't know, 10 million. Right. <laughs> so now you're only getting $1, but you want to benefit from when it becomes a 10 million. As of now, if you just, you know, sell it now this for $1, you don't know what will happen to that, you know, and then, you know, go and, and see where that painting was when you're, when, he was four, right? Are we going to see most contracts, even like contracts between businesses, become NFTs as well? Will that be kind of like kind of like if we create a contract where we're selling a business or something? Does that become like an NFT? Is that is really where this is going? I believe so. That the true the true power of NFTs is all the business use cases. So it's not mm-hmm. just you know the artist or or the journal. Even journalists, I think that they can benefit from that. Mm-hmm. Not just the creators, but any business. I mean, any certificate, any any contract, uh, because that's a way, you know, for you to timestamp and make and authenticate that, that no one, you know, can change it, alter it, and you can, you know, create, you know, whatever codes that are, are there. And if you think about, it, I mean, I mean, there's a lot of people ask a lot of questions about their estate, for example, right? You know, how can I create this contract? How can I make, you know, that my I don't know whoever gonna inherit that will receive that you know percentage or whatever else. So the the now you have to go through the hoopla's of uh, lawyers and amendments to the estate and changing this and changing that. And what if we just put in the code that whoever owns it gets uh, you know the percentage or whatever that is. 
and you just you know need to transfer from whatever one generation to the next generation and that's it so where's where's all the action right now in the activity obviously a lot of the attention is based in the in the art world with the cyberpunks and the and I'm gonna get some of these names wrong cyberpunks um, I can't remember all the names but they escape me right okay. now but it looks like some of these are you know generating substantial fees is mm-hmm. is some of that just people with a lot of bitcoin kind of like just selling stuff back and forth to themselves creating this thing and creating a little bit of hype and and in that in the market or is there some real real stuff like jack um dorsey sold his first tweet for a million dollars uh in fact close to three million there you go see i got it wrong i, I wouldn't have paid over a million i would have stopped there <laughs> he got almost three <laughs> Nobody came for my first tweet, I'll tell you that. <laughs> Neither for mine. <laughs> uh, but, well, let's put it this way. I can understand why celebrities are the first to get in, because, you know, everything that is, you know, new, it's not even new. I mean, it was the first NFTs people forgot was created in, in at the end of, of uh, 2017, like November of 2017, uh, which Depper Lab created this CryptoKitty. And CryptoKitty was a game, mm. right? You know, why kitties? Because kitty, you know, it's um, an animal, right? Mm-hmm. You know, it's a digital animal, but, you know, you breed it, you play with it, etc. So, so it, it's unique, right? So it all started then. But then, you know, the market crashed, right? You remember the bubble and of the crypto and everyone forgot about NFTs. And then come the pandemic, suddenly beginning of 20 and 2020, when people, I, I mean, the way that I like to describe it, that people had so much time on their hand during the pandemic and they dis- rediscovered NFTs. Mm-hmm. And oh, okay, so let's do something with this. And you know, you have the celebrities, you know, got into that. And, all the other ones and suddenly you know it, it became like a big hype but it's not something that was new new mm-hmm. and in fact the lab you know are the ones who then partnered with the uh, nba and created the nba top shots uh which is you know a marketplace for all these NBAs, uh um you know digital photos and videos and all that stuff and now they're also partnering with nfl and other you know sports leagues etc but if you think about it, uh, yes, it started there. But it had to, you know, it's good that it started with the celebrities because now they brought it back to the attention of the public. And the now masses, everyone, yeah. Exactly. And now everyone is interested and everyone wants to learn about it because when it was back then in CryptoKitty, you know, even though it made some, you know, some, uh, it, it went a little bit viral, but it, it's kind of like, fade away, fade away pretty quickly. Uh, but there wasn't like too much uh, to go with it. Uh, but now with all the celebrities, it's kind of brought it back to the attention. Now you can see that serious companies are getting into that. So you can see serious companies like Adidas mm-hmm. and Nike and uh, um, Dolce & Gabbana, uh, who's NFT, and Gucci. And uh, you see all kinds of other applications. There's a startup uh, that uh, partnered with uh, uh, with IBM to create uh, to NFT uh, uh, intellectual property. So is it and something I- where, like, 
when Michael Jackson bought the rights to the Beatles songs, which are used in commercials, and he gets a royalty on that. Is that something that people will start putting into the blockchain as well, so that that can be like a contract that is easier to manage in the blockchain as opposed to like, you know, lawyers passing papers across desks and sending it, you know, across the country and stuff like that? I definitely see that because it makes things very easy. If you think about it, it facilitated our transactions in in many, many ways and enable us to do things that we are not able to do in the physical world. For example, there's uh, an application now, a blockchain, that is called Block Bar. Block like block and mm-hmm. bar like going to a bar. Mm-hmm. And it's um, an it's it's a it's a marketplace that uh, you, uh, the NFT physical uh, you know I don't know whiskey uh, physical bottles of whiskey you know right. so there's like a, I don't know a very rare malt scotch I don't know, I'm not I'm not into <laughs> <laughs> don't really know but I don't know but there's one that they, I don't know is worth they say two hundred thousand dollars. I don't know, but, and, and they NFT it. And uh, so the physical, so you have an authentication certificate of the physical bottle. So you have ownership for the physical bottle. You don't even have to ever have it on your, on your table, but you have ownership on that. Right. And a lot of people collect all these kind of wines and you know, mm-hmm. special spirit and whatever for that cost us so much. But now you can create like a marketplace where you can transfer this ownership and make money out of it. And it could sit in Something a vault somewhere, like no different than gold sits in a vault for people exactly. like a country as a central bank has million, billions of dollars in gold sitting in a vault, but they don't ever transfer the actual physical. They transfer certificates. That's what exactly. basically what you're saying. Exactly. And now you can do it with anything, mm-hmm. right? And if you try to do it in the physical world, let's say I just want to transfer you the, the ownership of, of that bottle then you have to authenticate that. You have to go to, I don't know, uh, some attorneys and, uh, and notaries and, and, you know, write a contract and all of that. And and then, you know, how are you going to transfer this, you know, contract from one person to another and to authenticate it, right? It, it's a lot of, it's costly, it's cumbersome, and this is why we, it's never happened. You got to ship no it, you got to do everything. And the only caution I have is they usually say that there's, there's 10 times more contracts out there than there is gold to back it, but... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but this is something that cannot happen on the blockchain. Correct. But, yes, I agree with it you on that, right? Because it's because it's a unique bottle. It has a serial number and everything, yeah. whereas exactly. in gold yeah. is a um, right. one ounce looks like the other ounce. Right. And that, you know, bottle is what we call uh, a twin uh, a twin token, you know, that links this, you know, whatever mm-hmm. certificate to the actual bottle that, you know, can link it and you know exactly this is the bottle and that bottle also has this authentication. But if they put a serial number on gold, then I guess you could do the same thing then. Do you think the the, the, the central bank or whoever that is is going to do that? I'm a gold bug, so I'm going to believe that, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But I, I understand that now. So, so now we have all these artists that are on OpenSea and, and other platforms trying to sell their art, obviously, because everybody's looking at that, you know, the, the golden, um, right. you know, like that they're going to have the next $6 million sale and that. How do uh-huh. they get attention to their piece of art? That like, How do they get audience to that art? Is that through regular channels, their social channels or what have you? How do they drive interest, I guess? Uh, 
as of now, they just put it out there on OpenSea or wherever else and other marketplaces to auction it. And sometimes OpenSea itself, you know, they have their own marketing and you have to pay for that. Or the artist has followers and they tweet. And so, so now it's, it's a lot of, you know, the usual marketing that you do. Mm-hmm. I do believe that at some point it will be, you can create like a DAO type of thing. A what? You know, Sorry? Like a, um, decentralized autonomous organization where you can have uh, all artists, you know, in, in one place, you know, promoting themselves and making sure that they are uh, um, um, supporting each other and uh, and supporting the followers and the users, you know, authenticating that you are a real artist, you are part of the community, and that will create that this new community of, of, of artists and users. And I think that will happen, especially with the metaverse, which I very much believe in, that will create these communities. So- and also, there's another thing that the NFT can create, which is really tapping into creating communities is that you can create a, like a royalty type of uh, uh, rewards through NFTs. Mm-hmm. So that will create this uh, connection and this brand loyalty, so to speak, with the, the artist and the, and the community and the users. Right. I've seen some, even some local campaigns here where they're creating like, you know, a, a dog, like a, a, a pound, I guess you would say, like 8,000 dogs. And then, and then if you buy one of the dogs, you become part of that community and then you'll get future dogs and all that kind of stuff if you buy into these. Um, and I, I imagine they're kind of using a formula that is a lot of people are trying to use. Right. Um, what, what advice would you have for a, a young aspiring artist or anybody that wants to try to make some money off in the NFT space? As I said, I do believe that that will be the new way to create new stream of income. And not only that, that NFTs is, I believe, the only way that artists can get, can have control over their creation in perpetuity, something that they don't have today. So I guess what the, you would still want to create the similar type of value where somebody wants something, just the NFT allows you to monetize it easier and then and then in perpetuity maybe collect royalties from it. So it's not it's not a marketing vehicle more so it's more of a like a, a way to, to increase the economic scale of it, I guess. But also marketing in a sense that you can create this royalty royalty um, uh, rewards your uh, uh, royalty program or community that you can create, you can expand and increase the community behind you. Because, you know, when you give them all these rewards, instead of only two people knowing about you, now you're going to get hundreds and Mm -hmm. thousands and even more and globally even. Because nowadays, you know, an artist, if you are a local artist in, in Canada or, I don't know, you Germany, then only the local people know you, right? Uh, But if you put something on the blockchain, everyone knows you. It doesn't matter where you are. So you're open, you are expanding your opportunities. Hmm. So in the metaverse, you mentioned the metaverse. So if I bought Jack Dorsey's tweet, and then I built a room in the metaverse, I could actually hang it on the wall and people would have to come to my room to see and I could charge them admission to come into my 
my yeah, room to can, see it. I take it. Yes, and they and they can pay with some currency through DeFi to the wallet, physical wallet that you have in the physical world to the to the right. So why would you ever want to go outside? You just live in the metaverse. It's better. <laughs> Create whatever you want and just live in the metaverse. <laughs> but someone was, uh, you know, I read this article that uh, I think. Uh, uh, I don't know. There's a, um, a celebrity chef, uh, Tom Kuliko, Kulikio, and uh, he's also getting into uh, digitizing or anything like pizza slices. And, and someone, you know, was mm. writing like a comment, like, "I'm not gonna eat. I mean, what's the point? You know, I'm not gonna. Eat. I mean, I need to eat, eat. No, <laughs> not pretend eating. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I can understand." the royalty aspects of it, creating community, creating rewards, you know, in order to create a community and followers uh, um, around, you know, uh, chefs, celebrity chefs, or even beginner chef, you know, that's who allow, you know, a chef is also a creator, you know, they have to mm-hmm. protect their recipes, they have to protect, you know. Uh, yeah, the recipe definitely would be something that could be passed through generations or different chefs that could own that recipe like say if you owned opened a restaurant like emerald legacy i'll just pull a name out of there he has some unique foods that he creates and he could sell that recipe to other restaurants exactly so there's way to create this nft even with food and restaurant that it's more about the community and and the and the creation of that and then you can go outside of your metaverse you know the virtual and actually eat because you need to also eat do you <laughs> do you see some legal challenges in some of this like i know that like say um, photographers or videographers, they take video, say, of a NBA sporting event, and then so that, you know, the, the, the guy gets the highlight reel of, say, one of the more famous guys making, you know, the, the championship-winning basket. Who actually owns that? Is the, the videographer has that footage, but I guess he would have shot it for the NBA, so that would belong to the NBA. Yes. Uh, I think that this doesn't change. It's like, you know, this is why the NBA, uh, uh, NBA Top Shot, you know, this marketplace, mm-hmm. uh, still, if you want to use their videos and your photos and everything, you have to go through them and give them like a cut. Right. That doesn't change. I mean, but what if you're in the audience and you take that photo and you put it up there? And it's like the same thing that you put on Instagram, right? I guess so, yeah. I mean, what's, I mean, is anyone going to come and sue you? Uh, I don't know. I mean, I haven't heard about someone suing me for taking a photo uh, when I'm at the stadium. And, right. And, but if you, know, you did, you didn't sell it for six million dollars, though, either. Right, for sure. Uh, well, I don't know what to tell you. I mean, uh, let's put this way: when, when paparazzi you not know, take a photo of mm-hmm. uh, of a celebrity and they sell it, does the celebrity get any royalty for that? No, not in that case, for sure. So what's the difference? I guess nothing, right? Unless they said no photo taking in the building. Exactly. 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 It's the same idea. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. So NFTs kind of make some sense to me then. How much saturation do you think is in the marketplace for, like how much of the population do you think is is involved right now? And where do you see that growth or their projections as to what they see? Uh. Let's put it this way. I 
I believe that at some point we'll go beyond the hype of, you know, everyone is like putting things out there and, and trying to sell it for millions of dollars. Because, you know, like anything, not everything is going to be sold for a million dollars, right? Mm-hmm. You know, uh, like when we had the internet bubble, right? Everyone thought that they're going to be like the next, uh, um, you know, billionaire or, or whatever. And to be honest with you, I mean, I get like, this is, you know, just, you know, maybe an, an anecdote, you know, I, I get a lot of uh, emails and, 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 and messages on LinkedIn, you know, they want me to advise and, you know, a lot of, you know, startups, you know, especially with NFTs and, you know, and, and everyone is thinking that they are going to be the next new thing. And then they, and, and everyone thinks that they're going to be the next $1 trillion mm-hmm. <laughs> marketplace. Great. But if everyone thinks so, that's great, but not everyone is going to be so, right? So that's, uh, that's the reality. However, however, beyond the hype, beyond of all of these celebrities, etc., I, I believe, I don't just believe, I know that NFTs will be utilized for the business use cases. The business uses that we just mentioned, whether it's for the artists, real artists, whether real creators, whether they are chefs or they are journalists or they are, um, um, I don't know, um, uh, um, photographers or musicians, stuff like that. Musicians, uh, um, or it could be for business use cases, like, you know, the bottle of of, of wine or or an IP that you want to monetize or anything. I mean, would a domain a, name fit into that too? I imagine it would, right? Sorry, a domain name, like a domain. Yes, that definitely can be monetized. I mean, uh, mm. nowadays, you know, people buy that and uh, they try, you know, to get a name, and then if you wanna want that name, then you have to pay for that. So that's another way to mm-hmm. monetize. I mean, everything that you think that can be monetized today in our world. I mean, be creative, be imaginative. I always say, you know, imagine as much, as far as you want because technology will allow you to do it. So whatever you want to monetize today and you think that may have value, go for it. So what if you monetize yourself and you put yourself on the blockchain? To be honest with you, I don't see any difference. I'll tell you why. There was, you know, back, I don't know how many years ago, uh, it's kind of history. Uh, If you remember um, uh, uh, Jennifer Lopez, remember? Mm -hmm. Um, And she insured her body parts for millions of dollars. And people were asking, I mean, body parts insured, really? I mean, and and the insurance company Mm -hmm. was willing to insure millions of dollars? Well... Isn't that NFT? Yep. Gene Simmons did it with his tongue for a kiss. I don't know if you remember the band Kiss. Right. Exactly. He had that so nine-inch tongue or whatever. And Lloyds of London will insure anything. <laughs> if if you can insure, why not NFT? That's, that's, for that's, sure, yeah. that's the, the evolution of this insurance. It will be NFT now. Hmm. So you can NFT or body parts or this kiss or whatever else and that will be nfts yeah if you uh, you know think that you are that valuable and your body parts are that valuable and and people believe so as well and wouldn't pay for it i, don't I guess i guess it, it's part of the greater fool theory for sure right like i mean no different than the stock market i mean somebody else is willing to pay more because valuations like some stocks change 50 percent in a day 
that's really nothing happened in the company. It's just what somebody's willing to pay for it. And so it's the greater fool theory, no different than most things, right? Yeah. So if you believe that you are valuable and people are willing to pay millions of dollars for you as an NFT, then Do go it. for it. <laughs> Good. Yeah. I mean, who knows? And maybe uh, at some point, uh, I don't know, like, you know, someone who sometimes people after they die, they became even more valuable. So your generation, you know, your, your, whoever is going to, your, you know. Get uh, NFT your bones. Exactly. So as I'm saying, you know, the, the, the you, you just have to imagine and go for it because you know if there's a market if there's demand and people are willing to pay for it they will pay so go for it i mean i, I mean you know this is why you know when people are saying me nft yourself i say i i don't see it as a joke yeah no so i i see nft is like having so many applications and I'm, I'm glad i had this discussion with you the one that i still have and i and this is what validates cryptos for me because i think nfts make cryptos that much easier. I mean, it, cryptos make it that much easier, I think. But I, mm -hmm. I, fiat currency, I guess, would work as well. You would just convert it back and forth. Right. Um, I, I still have trouble with 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 Bitcoin in some of the logic and some of like you know when Michael Saylor talks about that it's it's the new digital gold and I, and being an old gold bug, I I, I find a, a tough time because they say you know like they say fiat currency is garbage, gold is garbage. Bitcoin is the answer to the world. But the answer to fiat currency versus Bitcoin is there's a, you know, United States government and a United States military and plus a whole country that stands behind the fiat. Whereas Bitcoin, I mean, it seems like maybe there's a guy stepping forward now and saying that he created it. But for the most part... Don't believe, don't believe everyone who says <laughs> that. Everyone wants to get the fame. No one knows who, who that person is. And let's leave it at that. But I'm just saying, like, so Bitcoin doesn't have a U.S. military. It doesn't have a you know, a government and assets. I mean, if you think about the, all the land the U.S. government owns, right. so that's kind of what backs that currency. When they say nothing backs the currency, I, I, you know, I say to them, I think they're, they're mistaken there, right? The, the military backs that currency. That's the biggest thing that backs it, and that's why the USD is the biggest form of exchange in the world. It is one of the biggest mm -hmm. um, reserve currencies. Next, and the second one, I would say, is actual bullion, which is owned by central banks, which is not, they don't, not that I'm aware of any, hold any Bitcoin as yet. They may... Mm -hmm. Uh, maybe El Salvador now is starting to hold it, but um, I think Bitcoin has some has some room to grow into that. Like I, I, I say, it's a great speculation, maybe not a great asset yet, but for a lot of people, would argue that it's a great asset, and I say it's a great speculation. But um, it it seems to be. Well, they say it's also the one other argument that they say it's finite, but I would say yes, Bitcoin's finite. But they've created how many cryptocurrencies? Like you can create one tomorrow, and the next day, and the next day, and the next day, because there's unlimited new coins available. Well, okay. So you talk, you mentioned a lot of things, and I'm trying, you know, to <laughs> put them, you know, again, you know, and they they don't necessarily mean the same. First of all, um, I don't agree exactly with the, you know, the scarcity issue of Bitcoin uh, for two reasons. One is that, you know, yeah, you can understand, I mean, people are trying not to equate gold to Bitcoin. And I'm saying that this is wrong because gold as gold, you know, there is limits. You know, there's so much gold in the ground, you can't, you know, 
Right, you can't you make know, it. You can't create it. They've tried for years. You can't force the, the ground to make more gold. Right. Unlike any cryptocurrency, including Bitcoin, even though it has a cap, right? You know, uh, mm -hmm. the, it's still a fiction uh, one because, you know, it's a code, right? You can change the code and it has happened with not with Bitcoin, but with others, you know, other uh, um, cryptocurrency who change the code and they they increase the cap or, or, or create unlimited one or burn, you know, uh, burning is, is like, you know, what we uh, call when, when the federal, uh, when the central bank, you know, is buying bond, right? It's mm -hmm. like, you know, burning, right? So we, we do that also with, with, with cryptocurrency. So the whole idea of scarcity, I don't buy into that uh, because it's a code and you can change the code. Maybe Bitcoin will not change it, but it, it doesn't matter. Another reason why I don't think that there is scarcity because Again, because it's a code, it is uh, can be divided, you know, infinitely, right? Mm -hmm. You can buy even if Bitcoin, one Bitcoin, is worth I don't know a billion dollar, you can still buy coffee with it because you pay point zero 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 zero. You can sliver it to forever. Exactly, something that you cannot do with your regular fiat uh, currency, right? You know, mm -hmm. you can, you know, make it. Uh, so this is why the scarcity issue. Not really my... Right. Um, I don't believe in I follow that, so that I, logic for sure. Because in gold, you can only cut it so many times that it becomes you can't see it. Yeah. So, but not with... So, because it's a code, you can do whatever you want with that. So, in that case, I don't believe in that, equating that to scarcity and gold and all of that. I do believe that it has a value. That's yes. Because the value has to do with what the premise of that was. The premise of, of Bitcoin was, you know, to create um, a financial system or a payment system for the people, by the people, right? With no mm -hmm. intermediaries, with no central banks, with no financial institution. And that was the idea behind it. And that's a beautiful idea, right? And this is what the premise was all about. So it wasn't about whether Bitcoin is worth a million dollars or 10 million or, or whatever else. It's about the what this technology the power of this technology and that's what i'm evaluating the power of this technology the power of this network and the power of this business use case so if you want to look at bitcoin don't look at it as as uh, uh, store value or gold value or whatever value you have to look at it as what is the business model what is the business use case and does it have a business use case i do believe that it does mm -hmm. And that's what you have to focus on. I would agree with you there. That's what I said. I think in the NFT market, it makes a lot of sense. Right. Yeah. So I, I think, um, you know, I'm, I'm starting my journey in this in this area. And I'll keep you up to date and see if, if I can. I, I've taken a lot of photos over my time and stuff like that. So, you know, I'd, I'd be interested to see if anybody thinks they're of any value. So as I said to you, if you want to monetize it, you know, I might be able to help you monetize your... That'd be awesome. Clip. I think we're going to try and blog my journey and see and see from a newbie. Like I, I definitely um, I'm an old gold bug from... So I have a lot of those um, predispositions for that that area. Do you know what I mean? So that's that's a lot of the stuff that's probably blocked me from joining that market for a while and I, I do have a lot of friends that are in in my age category that are also old gold bugs that have 
dipped their toes in and some are, you know, like done a lot more. And I, and I do, I have bought in stock in a couple of companies that do our, our Bitcoin miners. So I think, I think it's a really interesting field that one you can't ignore, and especially with yes. what's going on in, I guess, with Zuckerberg in the, in the metaverse. And I think, you know, that becomes a whole nother thing. Yeah. Yeah. And now I'm about to launch, you know, hopefully in mid, uh, January, uh, my website and my website is all about, you know, talking about this and creating community and creating, you know, bringing, you know, uh, maybe use cases like yourself, you know, and, and trying to experiment with those. So mm-hmm. I would love you, love that you join me and uh, I would love to, that would be amazing. And be part of that, um, website and community and maybe we can experiment together and see how we can monetize you and your friends <laughs> <laughs> that would be and, amazing yep well i've taken enough of your time today i think we're close to an hour so again i thank you from and you're in new york i take it on the other yes. side of the world for us we're on the other side of the we're on the west coast you're on the east coast yeah. hopefully right. you have a I, it's, I imagine it's cold over there right now too a little bit cold we got some white stuff on the ground here so thank you from Kelowna, and we look forward to talking again Yes, invite me again and I'll come, for sure. If you have any topics you would like to hear a conversation on, email us at podcasts at nowmediagroup.ca.